Blog Talk Radio. Libertarian voice radio in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to around the world. I'm Joe Cristiano, and this is your antidote to popular talk radio. Folks, it's time for us to take control of our government. Now, this bureaucratic oversight serving federal government serves us of our property, our rights, and our liberty. But since we must shed conventional thinking regarding our political structure, we need to be revolutionaries in thought. This is action. Only to recognize what our government is doing freedom and our constitution we start taking it back. And program is just to stop that. Today we are pleased to have as our guest Mr. Tucker. He's a director of digital development for the Foundation of Economic Education, an organization that I my, my wife and I have and uh, the chief supporting me that we support. A global, that's a global liberty of which, uh, of, of course, on the wife card carrying, I guess we're card carrying members on the card. Uh, today we'll start our dialogue with a returning guest. I want to talk about the Paris, uh, Paris board and uh, as populist and see what that is. Uh, Jeffrey, thank you very much for being on our show. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, and I appreciate your introduction. It's kind of refreshing to hear people. Name the enemy, you know, which, which is government. You know, we live in a in, in change to left and right. Everything that's the real problem, you know, and it gets frustrating because we we know that society does just fine if we leave everything alone, stop the stop the manipulation, stop the intervention, uh, and we recognize that that's the core problem we we face, but. In many ways, we're alone, and we're faced with people of the left and right who are trying to distract us from this court right. truth. Yeah. You know, I was watching just the very tail end uh, summary of the Comey uh, investigation, you know, and um, uh, they had dialogue or the dialogue at the dialogue. Everyone had their opinions and whatever. I learned nothing. So I turned on RTV, you know, Russian television, you know, America. And they spoke somewhat, but they were more succinct. Of course, they were American journalists that were, that were giving the dialogue, the more succinct. I, I understood better what they were trying to get at. But right after that, they showed um, uh, pictures of our second bombing this week of Syria. And they showed a whole bunch of jet planes, you know, going over there bombing Syria. And I thought to myself, you know, isn't it interesting that you get the bombing of Syria, back-to-back with the Comey investigation, and on our regular television, you don't get anything about the bombing, you just get the Syria, the, the, just the Comey investigation. And um, it, 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 we, block out, we block out news that we don't want people to hear, and thus, when someone brings it up, 
we say, well, you know, we have to protect ourselves against Russians or whatever. And I, I, this just happened about an hour ago or so, maybe an hour and a half ago, and it just infuriated me. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it, it's, it's such a problem. Americans remain largely ignorant of U.S. policy because, because we're not told about it. I mean, you know, the news is there, but you have to, you have to turn to the international section of the New York Times and really be, you know, authentic for these things to, to learn about. Otherwise, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have any idea that the U.S. is bombing today in Afghanistan and Syria and Iraq. And the other day, when the, when the Iranian parliament was rated ISIS terrorists, it was strange uh, American uh, radio pundits to talk about it because the question is, wait a minute, you know, we always hear Iran as a terrorist and that the main terrorists in the Middle East are ISIS. They have ISIS attacking Iranian parliament. That makes sense of that. Well, the ISIS had a difficult time explaining it, actually. And, you know, really comes to the, the, you know, the fact that ISIS is largely systematic and Iran is a regime, you know. But it it is so complex because our allies in that region, you know, our alliances are constantly shifting. And our I mean, it's it's really it's so bizarre. I mean, like you had Trump the other day, Saudi Arabia, and, and being now obsequious and deferential and everything to to a regime that on any other day of the week, you know, everybody knows is is a very dangerous supporter of the very Islamic uh, extremism that we're supposed to be fighting. And and of course, God, Syrian politics is. Yeah, it's, it's assumed by partisan politics, like a good guy, you know? Yeah. 
like a serious at home. Uh, but but really, what 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 people need to recognize is that you know you really do have two flavors of the same uh, regime. You know, uh, and keep trading back and forth uh, between the two. And what we really need is uh, that old idea of just liberty itself. You know, and that that's just not what anybody wants to talk about. Tragically. Especially when it comes to health care now. We're going to get on, on the um, on the powers I mean, of the second. You know, that, that's an outrage because, you know, here it is. Now, we're, we're talking about mid-June, right? The Republicans were elected. You know, it, two, you can argue that the main reason that, that Trump and the Republicans, Congress and the Senate, was to do something about the Obamacare problem, which was a disaster, you know, two years ago when uh, when the thing went into, two or three years ago, whenever it was, went into effect, people's premiums just, just went through the roof, the deductibles, uh, their access to health care was seriously uh, constrained, uh, and anybody could have predicted this. Obamacare was badly uh, uh, constructed in the first place because it disabled market competition, and it was basically a government-managed health care plan, and like a big surprise, it didn't work. So the Republicans promised you know, for months and months and really years to repeal all this mess and get something like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the previous system, which would have been an improvement over Obamacare, but ideally an actual real market in healthcare so we could have the same access to healthcare that we have to every other product, consumer, uh, whether it's computers or, 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 or tennis shoes or groceries, right? But instead, here now it is summer and nothing has happened. And the only bill the House has passed uh, it makes... You could say that it doesn't do anything. Maybe it makes a tiny improvement, but, you know, even that's questionable. And the Senate hasn't acted at all. And I'm getting the impression uh, that the Republicans just don't want to touch it. Uh, so they're going to wipe that under the, they're going to sweep that under the carpet. And then, and then the promise of tax reform, I mean, like, come on. You know, that's not even, that's not even on the table. There is no tax bill. Uh, nobody's talking about it. And uh, instead, we're you know, bombing all these foreign, foreign countries all the time, and now consumed with this endless, uh, you know, inside D.C., inside the Beltway politics over, you know, so-called Russian meddling, which n- nobody even knows if there's anything to that or not, oh, yeah. you know. But, but, but now you've got Capitol Hill just consumed with these hearings, which are really not even about that as such. They're really about what kind of obstruction of justice may or may not have occurred in the course of you know, uh, enabling or preventing investigations into the problem. So, it, you know, essentially what's happened is American politics is just sort of collapsing in on itself, really. It's, it's, it's not doing anything other than just trying to distract us from, from the real problem and, and permit the Republicans out so they don't have to do what they promised they were supposed to do. And you wonder why people are cynical about politics. This is why people are cynical about politics. Well, you know, when Obama was in office, the Republicans put a package together, a proposal, to do away with the Affordable Care Act altogether, right? But right. they did that because they knew Obama wasn't going to pass it, right? right. They, they came out of here and said, well, we tried to get rid of it, get back to a free market system, but then when they got them in an office, all of a sudden they didn't they didn't resubmit that package. They came up with their own version of Obamacare, which is just as bad. I don't know what the but when it's a couple of pages long, I, I'm sure I wouldn't know any of it. And and, and and that doesn't even pass. Now they're gonna have a convoluted 
rebooted version of it, and those people who say it's going to be worse than the Care Act is going to be better. Uh, you know, well, you're, I don't I, think I have any scruples, any, any morals at all. Morals at all. Oh. And Republicans are very courageous Oh, yeah. And then they are suddenly uh, about just preserving the status quo. They become extremely cautious and afraid to do anything. I, honestly, I, I mean, this is a true tragedy. But I don't think we're going to see any action on health uh, anytime in the future. Uh, we're stuck with them as we currently exist. What we can hope for is that you know, we'll develop somehow the route around regulation and private health care uh, that exists on a cash basis, a subscription basis, and like that. But that would be difficult. And, you know, guess it's the most. It's the middle class. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. And, and I don't, don't use the word, listen, uh, we're a socialist government. We believe in socialism. You got it. This is what socialism does for you. I like it. Why don't they say that. Republicans should say that. They have used the word socialism. They talk about human assisted health care. They don't see the socialist program. They don't want the free market. The free market was for America. You're not free anymore. You're six of the government. Don't they say what it is? And, and this is exactly what the Affordable Act did. It did competition yeah. in, in many uh, ways, making it impossible for people kind of uh, package at a price that they can afford, made it possible for people to enter the healthcare sector and the entrance to be able to select their customer base so they can, uh, you know, allocate the risk pool that makes sense. So so they disabled all these things. So many mandates and requests that might as well be And we're surprised that it didn't work. You know, we, the one thing you've learned I think we should have learned over a century of, of experimentation is that there's no substitute for market competition. You know, no substitute price system for commerce and profit and loss drive enterprise. And anytime you have mandates, you're going to get explosions in price, a stagnant sector, of innovation, and a lack of access, and, and a complete absence of progress. It's actually going to get rid of and they want to close um, health act insurance. It's not insurance. It doesn't resemble insurance. is when you pay for a possible unexpected occurrence in the future, and everyone could according to what they covered, and if it occurs, either it's paid for or anticipating paying, paying in both sides and there's competition for that money, that's lower price. Everything in the Affordable Care Act and now the, whatever they will call it, uh, the, the, the new pact, they call it, you know, is the exact antithesis of that. This is taking from one person and giving it to another, and there's never enough, especially when the system is bounced off with. And, there, you know, I'm part of it. Honestly, it really does trade because despite his bragging, he insisted the package came out stronger for what he called the pre existing condition mandate. Well, uh, okay, the pre existing condition mandate consists of three separate huge uh, 
that, that control the type of package, uh, the kinds of prices that are available, and whether or not a person can be part of So once you give up, then you're really talking about Obama. So exactly. these Republicans are in a very difficult situation, not to welcome it, actually ignoring the way But it made it impossible to actually pass anything like a decent uh, reform. But it's clear to me that, that Trump even understood the implications of his language. But it should be he was really good about that whole thing is Rand Paul. Right. Paul is the only one, right. Yeah. And, and you know that it's not on the Senate that's putting together the... the, the is that among the 13 that was in the bill? Oh, I should see Dallas. He was. Yeah. <laughs> a monkey wrench in the gears. <laughs> yeah. A guy who's he's a trained math doctor, a complete ex, uh, you know, on the, he's written huge articles and given many pieces on the topic. His father is a physician. I mean, he knows this, this sector is extremely better than anybody else in, in the sector, probably. And, of course, he's excluded from the committee. He's not even allowed anywhere near them. That tells you all you need to know about right. So you want to get mad at the Republicans for a good basis for, for you know, for a good really establishment. It's, it's an outrage, really. Yeah. And that, like I said, that doesn't even get us to the topic of, of tax cuts, you know, which is something else that we're desperate for. You know, we need cuts in business taxes, and we need capital gains uh, tax cuts. And, and until those happen, we're never going to see anything like a uh, return of robust economic growth. And Americans today are suffering. For lack of growth, and and it's because we have some of the highest business and capital gains taxes in the world. Right. It's an embarrassment to me, as an American to see how far behind we have fallen relative to the rest of the world. And, uh, to you know, Australia, and New Zealand, and Canada, and even Great Britain. It's unbelievable. Here's another. The other day, uh, Trump announced privatization of the. Uh, air traffic con- control, which is not real privatization. They're just created off from control by the FAA and create a separate uh, government nonprofit. Okay, fine, fine. It's an improvement. But guess what? 50 other nations have already done this. Already done it. The U.S. is, is, is so far behind. This should have been done 20, 30 years ago. We're just now getting around to it. And gonna, it's not even sure that that's coming. So, I mean, uh, uh, in this country, uh, it's like the entire system is unable to function even at a 21st century level. I mean, the U.S. is falling so far behind in every area. It's terrible, and it's affecting our life. I mean, this is the reason people feel themselves stuck in their trench, where their income is rising, uh, getting a new access opportunities, why people are afraid for the future of their children, why people are afraid to go to the doctor, you know, for fear of facing uh, bills they, they can't pay. Uh, yeah, people are really angry about it. And even as the government. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not what the left says, inequality as such. It's an opportunity. And it's not the right says, it's not because of, you know, invasions from, you know, of foreigners, but that's not our problem. The problem is our lives are being invaded by government controls that are very old-fashioned, workable. They belong to the 20th 
belong anywhere at all. And we have to change. We've got to change now. And unfortunately, the trade system is completely broken and unable to respond to it. Yeah. Plus, uh, I guess uh, party because really the, the ideology is the same. They pick and choose in an election. They with the other side because they can't garner earnings. I guess it's a yeah. political gameplay, and we're the ones around the globe. Signaling that goes on, you know, uh, the Republicans, you know, are around like they're sympathetic to the, the Christian the bourgeoisie and so on. The, 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 the Democrats, you know, talk, talk vaguely about the But really, it's all just a near. You know, it's, it's like a, you know, that they, that they can continue for years. You know, and then just hope that there's not guys that are willing to buy into other. <laughs> <laughs> when you mentioned the um, corporate, uh, corporate, the um, uh, people said, well, you know, I, people I've spoken to said, well, we get that away. Those corporations are making too money. Oh, they don't pay the tax. I mean, since it's, it's the United States, our prices, the prices of everything is in by that amount, you are paying that, not them. They don't the tax. They don't lose money on that. I said, so you you gain a and they cannot see their way through it. Companies are paying it. No. They run prices by 15 or 20 percent or 25 yeah, They right. pay it and, uh, and, and they collect it and then they give it to the government. They're a collection see, for the government. Yeah, that's right. And they, instead of hiring new employees, opening up new branches, the new branches of expanding after the businesses of new jobs, like the new opportunities to revitalize communities and so on. Instead of money that would be going to economic growth and therefore spending our lives, instead being a chance, say, to WC, to and the ever-growing of a Talking to any business owner in your hometown. 
when I speak to people about eliminating minimum, I mean they they go into near some faint, you know, some shock. I go, but then I can when I want for any particular if people really want to learn a, a trade or work and earn money rather than be on public or living in their their parents' basement. I said, at least get up and learn and to build something. Oh no, that would be cool. You know, cool ways. I go, uh, look at these. Uh, we have a minimum wage here in the United States, so we become unproductive. So uh, not only anyone, but I close my factory altogether and I the child Vietnam or Thailand. Now there's nothing. And now if you want to buy that, to buy it from someone overseas, which would you prefer? And there's never an answer to that. You hear an answer. Well, that's right. And I tell you what, it really is right now because, you know, we're coming up to actually we're in the middle of now. And this is the time when young people are uh, used to in the old days. I mean, you can't believe it, but 30 years ago, about 70 25% of teenagers got summer jobs. Uh, now, uh, it's, it's never seen as you uh, teenagers getting jobs we see today. It's, it's closer to 40% now, lucky, and it's fine from there. Because kids don't see their friends. And a major factor is, is yeah, the minimum wage because the back get in is so high. We've got, of course, uh, you know, restrictions on employment. Are even free in this country to work? Uh, or is it you want to work until you're about? You know, I mean, it's nuts. I mean, they're exceptional, 17, 16, but, but they're here. It's not working. Well, if you don't get some drugs, I don't get any work experience. I'm sorry. It's terrible. And, and then from college at 22 without any knowledge right. I would like to have a job and all the prize they suck at their job yeah. well, my, my first job was zero the guy says I'm going to pay you I said I don't want to work here and look at the hammer store I, I'm not going to I said I want to work here I said I work in the camera store this is the neighborhood by the way but with a train stop going to my and I was there once, and I said, well, I love these cameras, you know. And I, for some time, and on Saturday night, he used to, you know, use money, I used to go out and <laughs> take a girl on a date or my friends go to movies. But I did it for free, you know. And I didn't go or whatever. But I learned something. He gained my game. We were both happy. No restrictions. It was great. And I worked since I was since really basically a freshman and sophomore in high school. I've been working. Yeah, that's awesome way to do it. Uh, most people aren't willing to do it anymore. And you know, it's not, it's unclear exactly what they're going to allow it anymore because the Department of Labor really on that that bring in the workers at zero zero uh, wage. You know, they have to get in trouble with the labor or something like that. But if, if it's never an opportunity. You know, it's great. When I was like even 11, um, I found out I could work. And 
with you. I never made it a power ahead of time. It's hard at the end of the day that the guy I would nice <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> and, and I sometimes you didn't think of him, but I always
earth about that. I think I was one of the few people who were paying attention to this thing that it was. Now, we're talking about November 2015, right? And, and the truth is that, that you and your friends and no listeners care that much about it. But what happened was that a lot of governments all got together and they, uh, they accepted, you know, about how the work is overheating, things stuff, and let's have an agreement to curb it. And the U.S. agreed to curb fossil fuel emissions. Now, I want to be careful right here because the U.S. didn't agree to anything. <laughs> a bunch of bureaucrats and didn't there and signed a bunch of papers, you know, to set certain. Of course, it's up to the producers and the U.S. to set these targets, not that they're given the technology. Fuel, uh, what emissions are going to be 
50 to 100 years from now and believing that they can draw a direct cause and effect between that and stabilizing global climate. I mean, the level of arrogance and, how should I say, scientific slippage here is awesome to consider uh, and, and really just, just laughable. So I, I just think it, it represents a, a level of, of absurdity like I've rarely seen in, in uh, political life. So I, I totally support the decision to pull out of that. Uh, I think I think that was a a, a smart uh, choice on the on the part of Trump. Now he did it probably for cynical reasons because he knows good and well the average people like you and me are gonna go yeah <laughs> you know that's right. So I don't think he's gonna pay any political uh, price for having done this uh, at all. I think it's probably gonna benefit him politically. Yeah. Actually. But but how come we don't hear the other side of the story? Here, look what he's Maybe. done. You know, everyone's going to die in five years. Pollution. No one's going to be able to breathe. You, know, you hear all these horror stories, and you just get sick of them. But you hear the other side. The media will not put up the other side. Of the story. Never puts up the constitutional side of the story. Never talks about the monetary side of the story. Never talks about the, the fact that it Congress and because of taxation of the people by bureaucrats. I'm glad you brought it up because look, we're always talking about democracy, right? I mean, everybody says, oh, democracy, democracy. This is the most undemocratic that you probably ever right. even met. It was negotiated by a bunch of, of, of democracy, but, you know, with a very tiny coalition of funded scientists so in coalition with a bunch of democrats. I mean, never once was Congress asked, was asked to say nothing of the American people or the producers are going to be responsible for implementing the plan. I mean, a a, a, a example of top-down civil planning with like, 50 and 100. You know, the Soviets used to talk about plans. We used to laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> but now we got we got, we got State Department bureaucrats, you know, and EPA bureaucrats and, and UN officials in 50 and 100 year plans about the global climate. And we're supposed to take this seriously? I mean, come on. And, and again, never talk to Congress. I tell you, the, the reason it's called a green accord rather than a treaty is because they could have never gotten it through them. They, they would never. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if you. Not that, it's a good reason to put it. I mean, it's my way. We an open focus, general question. Where do you think we're You know, I've, I've always been about our political system. has been concerned that we're going as a, you know, yeah. being a country, free market, whatever. But I've never really been afraid. I'll be honest. I mean, it's always north. It hurt me, but it's never frightened me. I'm different. Yeah, I just I, I, I mean, and one of the reasons that I think we're, we're scary is that the answer is not coming to the politics. You look like a guy, a guy you know, who's not before a weird past. You know, and then you've got the other side. You have Elizabeth Warren, who's advocating, you know, distribution and shut 
study on capitalism somehow an answer. It gets really scary when you consider these two sides. But you know, it's important to look beyond conventional politics. So I think that's the the best way of thinking about. It. I hope these days in technology. I'm very excited about things like uh, you know, distributed networks and uh, and uh, things like blockchain uh, applications like you know, Ethereum. Bitcoin and the opportunities that are alive in the digital realm through the app economy. All these things are growing and developing out of politics. And I mean, my actual opinion is that things are going so well realm that it's going to happen in the future. So that our political institutions are going to be ever more old-fashioned to the point that they need to be stupid, stupid and laughable and that they will not be able to be sustained in light of the answers that, that we're facing. But, I mean, we go through this every day. I, I don't know how often you have to interact directly with government officials or officials. And we all do it as little as possible. But the other day, I had to go to a store ticket or something, you know. And it, it's funny, uh, you know, how old-fashioned it is, you know? Uh, you know, I sat there all morning long, waiting for a judge to come along, moving shuffling from room to room, and they're giving me these papers to and, and I'm supposed to take this, this person. I know you, all you want is money. Why don't you just take my money and leave me alone? <laughs> but instead, no, you have to shuffle along in the beer cart. So finally, they gave me four, nine, twelve, whatever, and they said, you have to go to another building. And I was, I'm really out of time today. They said, well, you can do it tomorrow. The next day I got up and went over to that because there's other offices. I walked in, I had to take a ticket and wait for something like that. I finally got up to the a piece of paper. A piece of paper. Like holding the stupid thing. Like one office. No, no. So I've got to hold it. I present it to the guy. Is this what you want? Yeah, this thing you like the paper we need. And he actually said, well, we're good. Let me scan this. I said, what are you doing? I'm scanning this piece of paper. So it's got a national scanner from like 20 years ago. So she sent this paper to us. like, I can't believe this is not the guy's nice guy. Nice guy, you know? But why are we doing this? But it's like, it's like back in time. Like any time you encounter Now, what's this going to be? For 30 years. Are they still? Operating like it's the 1980s? I don't know. But at some point, progress uh, we experience every of our lives is going to eat away at these old fashioned systems. That will at some point be passed. Yeah. At least they didn't use to communicate with the building of the cross to tell you a cut. And you know, how do you people involved in the system know they're doing? You know, it's their job. Or, or it's just not even just, you know, no, I was so nice. I'm in Atlanta. I was you know. And the judge is uh, asked somebody uh, who was on the testimony or something like that. She's beaten no And he said her, her testimony goes, now listen, uh, I'm just going to ask you, is there anything that you think that my this or this agency could do to serve you better. A nice question, right? Yeah. 
That's my next question. So he says, well, I'd be nice. If I could go online and get like an appointment and show up at my appointed time, I wouldn't have had to wait the whole day sitting in the back in the back of the room. The judge said, oh, hey, we're doing this we can because we have a for the financial support and we'd like to thank you for listening in. You can further the cause of liberty by recommending this program to your friends and let us hear from you. Our email address is comments at libertytalkradio.com Remember, as my wife would say, you're either allowing your liberty to be taken away or you're striving to protect them. Unfortunately, there is no middle of the ground. And don't forget to subscribe to our reminder service on our website by going to our website and clicking on the subscribe icon. We will not sell your name to anyone. It's just to be reminded of when our next broadcast is. Like us on Facebook and download our app on your smartphone so you can listen to us anytime, 24 hours a day. And with that, we say stay well, stay tuned.